0: what i'm really in the mood for
1: hmm.
0: i'm really in the mood for an in-and-out burger Ooh. yeah Literally. i don't
1: know what happened that like out of nowhere i suddenly am okay with burgers and want them more often
0: <laughs> me
1: but it was i've known you f- i've been with you and known you for over three years now and still for you know 3 of those years mm-hmm. I didn't really care to have burgers and now like the past couple of months I've just wanted them.
0: Well, we've also been going tried them from different places and different styles of burgers to kind of hone in on more on what you like. So, maybe after this we should just go get the stuff and have like a burger night tonight. I'm kind of down for that. Sure. Yeah, I've been doing pretty good. So, yeah, I'm I'm down. We got the potatoes this morning So we could Make some french fries Make our own fries I have zucchini so I'll do Like zucchini for me I'll eat like a french fry I'll claim I only ate one french fry And I'll have eaten like nine But it doesn't matter it's okay And then yeah we could just do like a burger Just do a burger bar tonight for everybody So You know we also need to start taking advantage of the fact That we can go see movies right now for free Yeah. (laughs) You know, you'd think that'd be something like every day. Get us something every day. We'll watch a movie every day. Just go watch it. But life just happens. I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It's been, it's where it's at. So, and yeah, having to deadhead yesterday down to Texas, you know, it just takes a lot out. The market is, is pain right now. So might as well enjoy a couple of good meals. Right. Mm hmm. So. I mean, what else would you want with the burgers? You want to like make onion rings? Because we could do that.
1: I don't. I've or I could never go complete. Made well, onion did rings.
0: you did you make ramen for breakfast?
1: No, I haven't eaten yet.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So, whatever. We'll figure it out. I'm sure it'll change like nine times before we actually get to dinner today. So no worries on that. So, and uh, Lily did really good on her test, So I'm happy about that. And we'll see what everybody's grades look like, but. I had to tell Anna this morning that, hey, Tabby's better than you in the grades department. So, a little bit of humility there. Yeah. So, we'll see how it works out. Not a big deal. But, uh, yeah. And the brownies. So, I was out in the living room and Nikki, I was like, Did you just eat a brownie? And she's like, um, A little bit ago. It's like, I smell brownie. <laughs> They're just dangerous in the house. That's all there is to it. So, but, With that said, good afternoon and welcome to the afternoon dive for the Stupid Podcast on Everything, where I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Kiki.
0: And we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time, and you come along for the ride. So, how are we starting today?
1: Well, I'm going to be reading two different posts from r slash Petty Revenge. Okay. i got a couple of good ones here. Um, Both of them are from throwaway accounts, so Mm. if that's any... You know any idea on how good they are <laughs> this first one is titled never piss off the sound guy
0: okay yeah go for it let's hear it
1: okay so i've been playing in bands off and on for about 35 years and this happened roughly back in 2000 we were playing as an opening act at a popular club in dallas that frequently hosted mid-level touring acts as headliners These would be bands that were having national radio success but hadn't yet broken to the level where they were playing huge halls and arenas. Sometimes the bands would bring their own opening acts, but more commonly the club would enlist local acts that were a good fit with the musical style of the touring band. Bands arrived early, usually several hours early, to set up the the sound check at a time when the crowd is minimal or non-existent. I won't name the band in question, but if you are above a certain age, you've probably heard of them. They set up their gear at the very back of the stage where it will remain during the opening acts and do their sound check. The singer very quickly demonstrates that he is a total prima donna with demands about moving the furniture, having food catered, getting lights moved, you name it. This guy wants it. Most musicians are familiar with LSD, Leeds Singer's disease, and this guy could be the the poster child making demands that far outstrip the venue and the band's popularity level.
0: LSD. That's cute.
1: The worst target of his wrath is the poor sound guy, who is responsible for making sure that the band sounds good through the mains, which are the the speakers pointed at the crowd, but also through the monitors, which are wedge-shaped speakers pointing backwards at band members so they can hear themselves above the roaring drums and guitars on stage. Singers have a lot of trouble hearing themselves while singing over a rock band, so the singer's monitor mix will usually be his or her own vocals and maybe the backing vocals. Because of the way the monitor is angled, virtually nobody out front can, can hear what's going on in the monitors. Mm-hmm. This is important. During sound check, the crowd absent, the singer is tearing the sound guy a new one. This sound guy is a fixture in local Dallas scene, and he knows what he's doing, but, quote, everything sounds like shit up here no matter what you do, quote, and, quote, if you can't do this right, you need to go find somebody who can, end quote. He takes (sighs) it on the chin and does his best to appease Mr. LSD. Then comes showtime. We play our set without any trouble and can hear ourselves just fine in the monitors but then the headliners come on and the singer is still visibly pissed and after the first song calls out the sound guy which you just can't do Mm -hmm. as their set proceeds something strange happens mid-song the singer goes flat noticeably flat (laughs) like he sounds bad and his pitch is wavering all over the place and he's looking around in panic after about 10 seconds everything is fine again next song same thing happens he gets to the big chorus the, his pitch goes wild and he's looking to his bandmates they look concerned too then everything fixes itself i'm still hanging around because that's good etiquette and i <laughs> notice that the sound guy has a big ass smile on his face every time <laughs> this happens awesome he's tweaking faders on his mixing boards mm-hmm. but that's not unusual that's what he's there for but i've got to figure out what's so goddamn funny I go over to the sound booth and yell in his ear what's so funny, because it's a loud club, and he points to a piece of rack mounted gear and shout explains. Autotune was in its infancy at this point because autotune is ridiculously complex. Autotune has to analyze pitch in a microsecond and adjust it to fix to fit a key or a scale. So we didn't have autotuning clubs, but what we did have was pitch shifting, which is nothing but brute force <laughs> pitch manipulation. He was periodically, ever yep. so briefly, running the singer's monitor mix through a pitch shifter, set to be exactly a half-step sharp. Go play a white key on a piano and simultaneously play the black key next to it to hear how unpleasant this interval is. The singer is hearing himself as sharp, so he goes lower to counteract it, and the overall effect through the (laughs) mains is genuinely terrible. (laughs) Never piss off the sound guy. That is
0: awesome. Oh, yeah, no. You, huh. Hey, I know you're the guy that's in charge of, you know, making me sound good but I'm going to belittle you and treat you like garbage. It's the same mentality between like, I have actually seen it at some of the restaurants I work where a idiot customer will go back and, and tell the cook, you know, Hey, make sure you don't blah, blah, blah. And that cook is going to absolutely mess up your meal or they're going to do just the bare minimums. I mean, it's just, it blows me away. People, if you're relying on somebody for something, it's just, Dumb logic mm-hmm. to say, I'm gonna mess with that. <laughs> it's like, geez, wow, yeah, God, I i can't figure out what bandit is, though.
1: I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I was hoping they'd be like something that would give a hint. So, OP, if you're listening to this, a hint would be good. You know, <laughs> if, if, if you don't see anything in the comments or any edits or anything that were like. You know, rhymes with Barrow Smith or anything like that? No. Darn. Because that would be awesome. (laughs) Okay. That was a good one. All right. What's the next one?
1: So this one is titled, Give my position to someone else. I'll shut down the unit.
0: Ooh. All right. So
1: a little backstory here. I, 25 male, was in a National Guard artillery unit. My MOS job Mm -hmm. was a 13J. What that job entails is receiving a fire mission, target position, and using our own data, then making the calculations for cannon adjustments, then sending it down to the gun line for them to load the cannons, make the adjustments, and fire. You can't fire cannons without the fire mission being processed by the FDC, which is the fire direction control, Mm -hmm. section first, and that's on the battery company level. I was the headquarters FDC chief, meaning I delegated those fire missions to the battery FDCS. Now, let's get on with the show. I was in HQ as a sergeant, E5, holding the position of chief and junior NCO. The chief is supposed to be an E6, but we didn't have one. The slot was open. The idea was that I would step into that role now, and the promotion would come later. No problem. Mission mm. first. It was a difficult task because... That's common.
0: A- yeah, that's that's a commonplace thing in the military. Okay. Okay.
1: It was a difficult task because as a chief, you oversee the section as a whole. Go to meeting, attend briefings, and pass information up and down the chain. As a junior NCO, your job is much more hands-on. You're supposed to work directly with your soldiers, train and teach as you work, handle individual soldier training, counseling, performance reviews, etc. Well, I had to do both. I was sitting in the only E5 slot in my section, so they couldn't promote anyone else. I had to be, quote, in the weeds and out of the weeds, unquote, at the same time. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I get yelled at for petty mistakes I make by by my 1SG because I'm spread so thin. That being said, every drill I was literally running ragged, constantly moving from one place from place to place. Fire mission came down, processed and delegated. Got to run to the battalion gr- briefing and give a report to the L- to Jeez. Yeah. Lieutenant, lieutenant colonel for our last 24, next 24, and 48, and then get back ASAP. The only relief I had was the E7. Call him SFCP. His responsibility was all FDCs and coordinated between all the sections but he was on a state active mission and often was needed there and didn't attend unit missions unless absolutely necessary. I get a call from my admin telling me that if I completely, if DLC two a mandatory online course, I'm going to go with him and say that if he completed, I can be put in for promotion the next day. Finally, now I can finally have the the rank I work for Mm -hmm. and that will free up the E5 slot. We can promote one of my soldiers and finally have two NCOs for the section this is great my work is divided in half and the soldiers finally have someone who had the time to train them to standard win-win i completed the course turn in the certificate and do my packet for leadership school this should be great right nope i get a call from a battery fdc chief let's call him ssgr me hey ssgr what's going on ssgr is it true they're transferring me to headquarters me Probably not I was just selected for school I'll be getting promoted to E6 soon there, was, there won't be a slot for another E6 SSGR Maybe talk to SFCP and get back to me mm. That oh, was strange wow. So I met up with F- SFCP And mm-hmm. asked him Turns out he was the one SG intended to promote me Then swap me out with SSGR Finally I'm getting the squad back to a place Where it should be And, and transferring me out as soon as it's finally easy Well fuck your plan I head down to the admin office and demand reclass. They ask about my promotion and I tell them to cancel. I get the number to Battalion Career Counselor. Tell them I want to go 91 e welder and machinist. After a month of back and forth, they find an E-5 slot at a unit 10 minutes away from my house. Cool, mm-hmm. I'll take it. But what happens to the unit if I leave? Well, headquarters no longer has a chief or junior NCO. No fire missions can be processed unit-wide, which means the entire artillery unit can't shoot cannons. SFCP has to come off orders every time the unit drills mm-hmm. and loses money. He now has to act as the FDC, NCOIC, yeah, yeah. the chief, and the junior NCO. Wow. Given this, the soldiers fell to the wayside and out of a squad of 10-4, don't re-enlist, and two transfer away to other <sighs>
0: units, units. Wow. The unit, yeah.
1: <laughs> the unit scrambles to grab soldiers from the battery-level FDC sections to replace the missing headquarters staff. SSGR is transferred within a couple of months to help mitigate the short staff unit misses a BCT fire mission in the field because they're too slow due to being short staffed and, and the Lieutenant, Oh my gosh. And the Lieutenant Colonel is not happy. Unit calls me back to see if I won't consider transferring back. It's not happening. Talks of dissolving the unit entirely due to a long history of stuff like this is happening. Unit has to spring their budget for Australia rotation Mm -hmm. for the next AT to secure the budget for another year. I'm now a welder in a comfy unit. I don't sleep outside. I don't get yelled at. I'm mm-hmm. unofficially the weapons training NCO for the unit due to my previous combat unit experience, and I learned skills I can use in the civilian world should yep. I ever need a trade job. Yeah. Life is good. Still an E5, but at least my workload matches my rank.
0: Wow. And yeah. the top
1: comment is, sounds like their betrayal was the wake-up call you needed.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the military, in, in the Army, it was, don't call me, sir, I work for a living. And, you know, the people that are the E-1s to E-5s, mm-hmm. they're the work. You know, when somebody's got an O next to them, yeah, they went to school. So, but good. Good on you, OP, honestly. That's, I'm, <laughs> and yeah, you know, a ballistics cannon training, it, it's not really applicable in the, in the civilian world. It's not. You know, it was for me with the, with the army reserves, um, you know, I said, Hey, and the the golf line golf was there and I became a 71 golf, which was a medical records specialist. And that's because, Hey, it, it it translated over into the civilian world. If I was going to go career, then, you know, I would at least be able to do that. But it just ended up being that my life was like, Nope, you're going to be a marketer. And that was, that was where I went. But yeah, that's good on him. Good on him, definitely. So, oh, wow, what's next?
1: That's all that I had. Okay,
0: well, no problem. So I have one really quick, kind of quick, mostly quick. So, and it's and it's on the Reddit. You know, we, we did our Unpopular Opinion episode. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, it's free for all Friday. We can do whatever we want. So I started looking at Unpopular Opinions. I have one. Okay. Most of the people posting in unpopular opinions aren't posting unpopular opinions. They're just looking for BS kudos. Like, people who... Uh, one that stuck out was, you know, people who have pets and live in apartments in the inner city um, and are working full-time are just selfish. Well, duh. You know, people who choose to have kids and then, you know, don't want to raise those kids should have never had kids. Really? You know, the most controversial one I actually saw today was seven up is better than Pepsi or Sprite. I'm well, just that's wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it depends because my seven and seven tastes better with seven than it does with Sprite. And I can always tell the difference. Okay, so, that's fair. Seven okay. and seven is good. Yeah, I I accept that. That's things what we should
1: do. We should talk about the alcohol that we like. <laughs> mm. Oh, I'm so down for that. It's we a can, Friday. We can go,
0: yeah, no, that's that's fine. We can talk about food. We can talk about. Um, there's a couple of things I do want to kind of talk about a little bit, but we'll just make them shorter. But but yeah, I mean, unpopular opinion in Reddit is just a bunch of people looking for other people to agree with them like if i was to go in there i i would make an unpopular opinion i would say things like Liter- well i'm not going to do that right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't want to spark it up i'm just i i don't think that most of the people who are in there are actually using it for anything other than an echo sounding board you know that's yeah. that's really what it is it's like I think, brown, I think edges of brownies are better than... That's not an unpopular opinion. That's an opinion. Coke is better than Pepsi. Opinion. That's not an unpopular opinion. Otherwise, Coke wouldn't be number two right now, which they are. So, when it comes to the Coca-Cola brand itself, but when you talk about the Coca-Cola Corporation versus the PepsiCo Corporation, Coca-Cola is kicking their butt hands down. So, it is what it is, but... I want unpopular opinions to be unpopular opinions. So if you're going to post an unpopular opinion, just post an unpopular opinion. You want to know an unpopular opinion? I am not a fan of hot dogs, but I, from the time I was a kid, here it is. Ready? Oh, it's gross. I know what you're going to say. Yep. (laughs) I love hot dog juice. That's it. And as a kid, I used to bite the corner out of our package of hot dogs, inflate the bag, turn it over, squeeze it and drink the hot dog juice.
1: So much so that every time that we get Vienna sausages to use as bait for fishing, <laughs> he drinks the <laughs> juice out of the can because he likes it that because he doesn't want to pour it or anything like that. You Mm-mm. can chum the water well with things like that, mm-hmm. but he'll drink probably it.
0: <laughs> we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, no, we do know because of the one time that you were out on the road and me, Nikki, Lily, and Tabby all went fishing and we met the random kid with the dog. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And we we poured the water, we poured the juice into the water and we had so many, so many bluegill. Okay. But well, yeah, <laughs> you'll I mean, never
0: know. <laughs> I will never know. You are 100% right. I will look, if the fish comes swimming up and say, hey, if you pour that in, you know, and I'm a record bass or what, nope. <laughs> oh, we should probably explain why we use Vienna sausages when we're fishing. <laughs> well, it's
1: a good bait. It's a good bait to not get skunked. Mm-hmm. We we don't do any bobbers or weights or anything. We literally just hook on a line, put a any bit of a little bit of, of Vienna sausage and drop yep. it straight down in the water and you can see the fish. Yep. If you're in a good, you know, good area, good time of year and everything. It's always all matters. But it doesn't matter how clear the water is, though. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, raining or not. It literally, the only thing that matters is if it's that time of year, it's, if it's season at mm-hmm. that time. And if you're in a place that has bluegill and, you know, little smallmouth bass, bigmouth bass, just baby anything. Yep. And you'll get all of those little things that are hanging out underneath the dock. They will come swimming up and going crazy. Mm-hmm. And they fight over it and they yank your line. It's really fun. And it's just it's a really easy way to not get skunked when you go home.
0: And you put on your light gear and it's a blast and we call it the skunk buster. And mm-hmm. if, and literally I have been fishing most of my life and I have never been skunked. And for anybody who doesn't know skunked means you go out, you go fishing and you don't catch anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I have never been skunked. I caught salmon with my bare hands, three of them um, on an Alaska cruise with Amy. So while other guys went out on the boat, they went up they paid for the excursion for the boat. It was like $600 for this excursion. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just weren't there. And so there was a creek that was running along the city and you could see the salmon in there. So I said, forget it. Check the water, felt it with my hands. I was like, yeah, I can tolerate that. Rolled up my uh, my sleeves, rolled up my pant legs, jumped in and caught salmon with my bare hand. Um, I've caught fish with a little hand net, you know, whatever it is (laughs) to not get skunked. And it's come close, but I have never been skunked.
1: Yeah, every time that we get to a point where we've been like trying to find the fish or anything like all day, we always get to a point where it's like, yeah, we're going to give it like 10 more minutes and then, you know, we can leave. And then he'll pull a big fish out of the water. And Mm -hmm. we're like, what? (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) How? It's always the catfish when we were when we were out in uh, Lake Palestine. And we're just sitting there. We're over on the side and weren't getting any bites. Mm -hmm. And we didn't see anything on the fish finder. Nothing was was coming up for us. And I just sat there and went, "Mm, no. Popped the worm on the hook, threw it out there, just left it out there. And dink, catfish. And then caught like four catfish after that and a bunch of blue. Like, just things went nuts. So always liking to catch big fish. But I'll take many over none. You know, Mm -hmm. many little ones over no fish. So... And then, you know, you can tell your carp.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had never been fishing the entirety of my life growing up. That was not a thing that any of my mm-hmm. family did, I think, besides my grandpa. But my grandpa passed away when I was like eight. So I had never been fishing. I had never had anybody take me fishing. My dad doesn't go fishing. My dad is a city person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like He doesn't do any of that stuff. The w- the best thing we would do growing up was like we would go on what we would call park tours. So all of us would load up and the van or the truck and we'd all just go around and we'd you know hit like four or five different parks that day and mm-hmm. just, because there were numerous but if you live in california you know there are parks mm-hmm. everywhere so we would go to parks all the time that was it i'd never been fishing i was honestly scared of fishing because it was just i don't know i didn't have experience with fish That was another thing it was just eating it being around them anything like the closest i'd been to fish was being in the aquarium in monterey <laughs> like that's that's it mm-hmm. so So outside of that, I just fish, I was scared. I I can't swim, so I'm terrified of being on a boat. Didn't really know that you could fish from, like, you know, docks and piers and things. Mm -hmm. But I was just, it was such a weird concept. And I thought that fishing was just something that you would just go out on a boat and sit there with a hook and, you know, worm in the water for hours on end and maybe you'd catch something. Like, it was never something that would be, like, fun and entertaining and, like, high-paced because... You just, I, you just never had any experience with it. Mm -hmm. So after meeting Joey, we started, you know, he told me that he loved fishing and I was like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) Like I've never been fishing. And then he was telling me stories about the girls and when they were younger and like their first, the first fish that they caught and Mm -hmm. how funny and cool the stories were and you know, how nobody really expected them to catch anything and the two, you know, they're both of their first times. They surprised everybody that was around (laughs) and just funny. Yeah. Huh?
0: Yeah, Lake McClellan.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. it was so when it came to just everything about it, the more and more he was talking about it and obviously showing that he really, really enjoyed it, it made me want to go and see what it was all about because anything that, you know, he was interested in, I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a try because I was finally coming around to. You know, I'll try anything once. It, it took a lot to get that to be a part of my personality. Oh, yeah. So it finally, it finally was there. I finally was like, you know what? Let's, let's go fishing. We, you know, moved out. We had already moved here to Texas before we had done any fishing. But he was so excited because learning about all the fish that were out here in the different lakes that we would drive over just getting to where we live. Mm-hmm. It, so he, wanted, he really wanted to try it. Yeah. So we have, a, you know, two small little um, lakes that are here in town and i had never been fishing before but he took me to go get my own pole and everything so that i could you know learn and have my own stuff and get a tackle box and it was like here's you know starter stuff it's not super expensive but it's not shitty mm-hmm. so that way if you don't enjoy it and spend you know five hundred dollars on all of your fishing stuff just for you to not use it ever mm-hmm. it was you know it, it, was, it was good stuff still and we got our fishing licenses and then we headed out to go learn about fishing. The girls were excited because they hadn't gone, obviously, since I had met them because, you know, I, he had never gone since I had known him. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: we all head out. We all go to this, these lakes to, you know, scope the area, see what's there. First of all, super clear, like, water where oh, we were yeah. standing. It's weird because Texas water is, like, it's always murky. But this area in particular, the water was, like, clear. And so, it, mm-hmm. whether it was just the day, the lighting, whatever, it was—it was extremely clear that day. And he told us because he walked out before any of us to take off our shoes and everything to walk out on that dock because there were so many fish that were down there. Yep. So, we go out there and everything. We have a good old time. And from that point forward, it, it was too late. I fell in love with fishing. I absolutely adore fishing.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: every single time that we had gone out, I was always catching these little itty bitty bluegill and sunfish and I was starting to get really tired of it. Nothing I was, bigger than
0: your hand. Yeah. Just I was, for reference.
1: I was getting really tired of it because I was, you know, we were, would sit down and watch fishing videos together. And like when we would go out on the row, we'd watch fishing videos together. We'd pass over water and I'd be looking at the fish that were jumping. I still do it. Like, was so excited i wanted to catch something bigger Mm -hmm. we didn't have a boat or anything so it wasn't like i could go and we could go into the deep water but everything you know we were watching videos about how to catch big fish from the shoreline and how to go to spillways and all these other things and so we were looking at different areas and places and we found the spillway and it runs off of lake palestine Mm -hmm. yeah so it runs off of lake palestine there's a big huge dam and there's, you know, all the, you can see if you get there on a good day and they have a good water flow coming from the, the dam, you can see fish falling down mm-hmm. the dam. <laughs> and yeah, it's
0: you kind see of funny. fish that question their life choices right there. <laughs> yeah. But they're always, they, they get stuck there in the spillway because they're too big yeah. to go over the, the in, over the shallows into the, the creek below.
1: Mm-hmm. So the first time that we went out there, we just went to the spillway and didn't really pay attention to the other side of the bridge before the, like, right after the dam. There's a mm-hmm. big, huge area of water, and then there's a bridge that you can drive over, and then there's, like, a big old waterfall. And before the waterfall, you can literally walk through that water. You take your shoes off, and we would go through it. And then there's that the waterfall, and there's a big, huge area, and then it, sl- it you know, flows off of that. Yep. Caught literally, like, it was, I think, my ending the first time that we went there with everybody because we went there once it was just him and me and we were catching some pretty good fish and then we wanted to come back with everybody because we had such good luck when we came back with everybody i literally caught it was like 86 fish that day i was so happy because that that time i was catching catfish they were were little channel cats but they were still bigger and it was funny because they croak and i thought it was the weirdest thing and that they have no scales (laughs) so they're like soft and squishy and slimy I thought it was hilarious. So I was having so much fun. All of us were having fun. They were catching fish with their hands over right in front of where, where the bridge would go over. There was It was a little indent in the water, and you could mm-hmm. literally, there would just be fish there. You could catch them with your hands. So we were doing that, and it was so much fun. The next time that we went, we were all excited. It was just going to be, you know, we just want to go fishing, have fun. On the other side of the bridge, we literally saw the biggest swell like ever Like not like a bunch of fish It was one swell But it was super big And so we were You know All everybody You know shh, 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 Stop moving Stop stomping on the bridge Like be slow And then we finally got to a point Where we saw it And it was this giant carp And I had never caught anything like that in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the entirety of fishing At this point It's been you know Two years that I've been fishing And I hadn't caught anything big I had my one that got away story But that's for a different time mm-hmm. But this carp was huge it was I was so excited because I wanted to catch it like so bad and at this point I had an arsenal of poles so I knew that I could I had the right pole to catch it and everything I had the right hooks I had everything but bait so we planned for me to, for us to come back the next day and f- for me to catch it the best thing everywhere online you'll see it all over the place to catch carp with is corn just mm-hmm. canned corn literally they love corn it's Don't got know, the juice <laughs> The kid's right. It's, oh, I figured out what the, the other line is. Oh, good. Do go you ahead. want to know it? Yeah, go ahead. ADD it's, it out. <laughs> so it's corn. It's uh something about the... Oh, oh God. That's, I that's knew it because I heard it, and then I was like, oh, my God, I have to tell him. And now <laughs> I... It's... Oh, my gosh. All
0: right. You'll think about it when you're not thinking about it, which you almost thought about it as you were thinking about it. So, go ahead.
1: Anyways, moving on. <laughs> Back to the story. <laughs> little ADHD moment for mm-hmm. a second. <laughs> um so they love corn I absolutely adore it and so we you know left that day we went to i've you know researched what they wanted and everything because i had left my pole there with the you know carp catfish bait that we had that was mm-hmm. it was shitty weird little like marshmallow puff things it was they were not yeah. good they don't work <laughs> then no. that carp was not interested at yeah, all we they were might there work,
0: just not for that in any yeah. application for any potential sponsors who might be going well psh, we're out <laughs>
1: Well, they were completely uninterested. There was Mm -hmm. nothing. I tossed the entire bag out there because we watched a couple of videos while we were there to try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, pile up bait on the ground and then put some on a treble hook and then leave that treble hook in there and they'll go after it. Nothing. He did not come back at all. Mm So, no, went a couple home. of bluegill
0: came by and they pecked at it, but even they were like, Block, what is this crap? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, we went home, continued to watch videos, and just realized that literally everybody that was, you know, was screaming about how corn is the best thing f- to catch carp with. Mm-hmm. So, we went out, got two different cans of corn, and then, you know, packed it all away. We planned to come out the, the next day. Like, we had full intentions of coming back. Yep. So, we came back the next day. Immediately, I go straight over to that spot that we saw him, set everything up, toss out a handful of corn, put like four or five kernels on a treble hook, and then put the treble hook in the center of that little toss out. Put a bell on the top of my hook, and then set my entire line there, and then just left it. Went onto the other side to go fishing. Because I went onto the other side to go fishing, I almost didn't catch this fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey had been watching, and he was, you know, fishing on that side, and he was just sitting, you know, existing. And we almost all got distracted too much because Nikki caught this massive bluegill, like good enough to eat massive. Oh, yeah. And she cooked it and everything until I brought it home. And but it me, we were delicious. all like super it excited about that.
0: It was so good.
1: <laughs> so we were all super excited about that and like, you know, amazed at how big this bluegill was. And I was, you know, walking back the other direction when Joey started screaming at me about how my bell was going off. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, he had to run over and grab my pole so that it, my pole didn't yeet into the water and i lose the fish or anything. And so he yeah. had it. But then he, you know, he set the hook and then left it and would let, let me catch it and reel it in and everything. So I mm-hmm. ran over, grabbed it, and I literally, I was, it was a fight. It was so fun. The entire thing felt like forever, but mm-hmm. it was only like a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it felt like I was fighting that fish for so long. And we finally got it to the point of being close enough, put it in the, the, uh, the net, put it in and then weighed it. And do you remember, do you remember what the weight was? Because I forgot. I,
0: I honestly think this, that I read the scale wrong. Because I said it was nine point seven eight,
1: but it was heavy.
0: No, I think it was nineteen point seven eight. It was big a big, big fish. We'll have we'll, to post up the pictures. Yeah, you know what? We'll put the it. pictures up on our Facebook uh, Facebook page and uh, get them up there so everybody can see those. So, if you want that, just uh, definitely follow the links. Where's our Where's our links to go through?
1: Our link tree is, is currently on our Instagram.
0: Okay, so there you go. So hop over to our Instagram, follow the link tree. We'll, we can pop it up on Instagram, too, just so you can see it. And if you want to see the video for it, we'll get that up there, too. So. But she's missing a crucial part of the story. This big, beautiful fish she's all happy about. But you want to know how desperate she was to catch this fish? And I have the TikTok for it, and I'll put it up somewhere, oh, too. The day before, she, she's kind of forgetting a little something that the day before. You want to talk about the day before?
1: I feel like you'll be more excited okay. to tell it.
0: <laughs> so I was being a smart ass Because <laughs> as I really was because she had $200 Justin boots on that I had bought. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so she's sitting out there and she's like, there it is, I want to go in there. Ah, but, but, you know, I, 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 I'm like, jump in and get it. She's like, well, I don't want to cut my feet. No, nah, leave your boots on. Jump in and get it. Go ahead. Look, it's right there. And I was recording it being a smart. Boom, she jumped in. Like it, it booked out between her legs and hauled ass. But she did no wasting no time. This one fish, this girl was willing to ruin hundreds of dollars. Now the boots are fine. Yeah. So Justin, good job on making your boots. But she jumped right, like no hesitation, and it was hilarious. I think the only comment on that TikTok video was somebody like, "What are you doing? That poor fish! Oh, shut up! We're gonna pierce it in the face the next day, lady." It's like, I don't want to hear this. You know, it's like. So fun. Yeah, catch photo release. And that was, that was, that's how, what her zeal was. And the next morning, we couldn't get out the door fast enough.
1: Yeah, I wanted to go like, back Let's so because I was we're scared. We're going to
0: go. We're going to go have some breakfast first. Missed. And we're going to do like, <laughs> like, yeah, you thought somebody else in that time frame from the night before to the morning of that somebody <laughs> came out with their fishing gear with a, an absolute plot to take your fish really and steal your thunder. Yes, she did. And then
1: we did when we got back. There was a moment of fear because they had blocked the, the holes under the bridge to mm-hmm. to make the water level yeah, higher and sucked, make the flow of the, the waterfall lower. Because yeah, the so girls everything... were jumping in
0: the water the day before on the other side, which is really shallow, catching mm-hmm. a bunch of shiners by hand. So yeah, yeah we have so those many. too. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We'll have we'll have to post up a bunch of that so that people can take a look at it because it was pretty amazing. I was pretty happy with that. So. Honestly,
1: if we wanted to catch fish outside of the season, we probably could in that that waterfall. Those fish yeah. probably don't feel as much of that.
0: Well, you know, I'm not against going and taking a look. We also have the winter break for the girls. And with the weather being as warm as it is, because I don't think it's going to freeze tonight because it was supposed to be cold today. I looked it up when we had a little break. No, it's we might be lucky enough to be able to get the boat out for another day. So I'm kind of down for that for sure. Yeah. So, you know, if we can do that, then cool by me. So I'm I'd be very happy about it. Now, we're going to have a little fun talk here. And I just want to have a little bit of a talk with what, with some things going on and we don't want, we we're really trying not to be a podcast. That's just all about politics because we just think all sides are wrong. We think we need a third party that there yeah. needs to be a third, a oh, relevant third party, party system is so fucked yeah. up. No,
1: it's destroyed everything. It,
0: it It is. And that's, that's where we're at. And we desperately want a third party. Like we need a third party. It's going to take, you know, it, we, we misquote a Latin phrase that says divide and conquer, but that's not what it actually was. It was divide and rule. And we are so polarized. And we were talking about earlier about Coke and Pepsi and all of mm-hmm. that other stuff. We're so polarized on all of our opinions. Yeah, and when I, I say that, I mean, one all side of or the other, right,
2: everything, right.
0: And there's no middle to anybody. You know, it's either Coke, Coke is the best. Pepsi is the best. Hey, I and, like neither. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, or in Texas. That's Dr. my unpopular opinion. Say something bad about Dr. Pepper in Texas.
1: Don't like that either.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I don't drink soda. You know, I don't I don't drink cola. I don't drink pop, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I'm not so polarized that if somebody has an attitude, and people do. If somebody has Coke and somebody has a, you know, Pepsi you know i've seen people just get in arguments over stupid garbage like that and mm-hmm. it's the same thing as long as as long as the the crooked and corrupt people that are running all of this the show behind the scenes um can keep us divided we're going to keep losing yep. you know and so on our podcast we're not looking to do that we're not looking to say trump is good trump is bad hey you know what whatever you know trump had his bad parts and trump screwed up yesterday or was yeah. it yeah you know it's or like yesterday the day before whatever yeah. it was that was the, the tweet about getting rid of the constitution you know yeah. and Absolutely hey you know what and for stupid. those of you who think oh no he was just talking about a part of the constitution okay that's fine not getting into it because it's ridiculous
1: yeah we're literally agreeing that what he said was stupid right <laughs> so. and that's
0: exactly it and most trump supporters when you talk to them most trump supporters agree that his wife Should have slapped his phone out of his hand, and him not being on Twitter wasn't necessarily a bad thing, Mm -hmm. because he does brain barf a bunch of stupid stuff. Okay, I can still go through kofefi. Oh
1: God! You know there
0: there were things there were things that were there, but we are going to talk a little bit um, about what's going on, and it's not even so much the politics or everything. It's that if we don't see it, don't acknowledge it, and don't do anything about it, it's only going to keep getting worse, and it's only going to get worse to a point where people snap. And so we all know that, you know, a couple of months ago there was a trucker, and I'm going to I'm going to call out truckers here because, you know, we're offenders too. There was a trucker who, you know, was smuggling people across the border in his trailer and they died. I don't know the story behind it. I couldn't read beyond the first part, but literally over a dozen people died. And that was a horrible loss of life, and I don't care. I don't care what you think about the border. I don't care what you think about whether or not we should have open borders or closed borders or anything. I don't care. I have my own opinions. I'll share my own opinions at some point, I'm sure. But what I care about was the loss of life, not Mm -hmm. politicizing anything. It was the loss of life. And that was horrible. And before you go and completely blame the trucker, understand that the trucking industry is hurting right now. It is hurting in a way that hasn't been seen in over a decade. And truckers who have been, you know, who are part of the millions of Miles Club, they know this. They, we, we've seen this. We had a trucker this last week, and it's actually one of the meme videos that I'm going to be posting up this weekend, um, who decided that he was going to smuggle 18, tru- uh, 18 uh, illegal immigrants. But instead of putting them in the in the uh, trailer, he put them in his cab. So we had a bunch of people on the top bunk, which by the way, the top bunk is only supposed to be like 300 pounds. So that was impressive in and of itself. Good yeah. job. Um, you know, a bunch of people on the bottom bunk had people sitting on the floor and got pulled over by a roadside on DOT. And, you know, they asked him, like, Hey, is anybody in the cab? And it's like, yeah, you know, he got caught. And so, you know, and then yesterday or yeah, a couple of days ago, I'm sorry. Um, but yesterday we saw the article. There was a trucker who had nearly 300 pounds of cocaine and was busted on I-71. Um, it wow. was worth uh, something like $15 million, 14, $15 million was the street value of that cocaine. And for anybody who doesn't know street value specifically is what the final cut product would be sold on the street. So it's not what he was, he bought it for or anything like that, but he got narked on, so I don't know. <laughs> like, the lesson there, shut up, you know? I I never told anybody if and when I was ever doing stuff like that that well, I was yeah, doing something like that. Yeah, and
1: the fact that we are of the opinion that if, you know, the easiest way to get rid of the drug trade is to stop making drugs illegal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, you know. Yeah, you and that can be our unpopular, unpopular to talk opinion. About you know, yeah,
0: but, but that's exactly... That's exactly right. You know, it wouldn't be worth thirteen million dollars if that was the case. Weed isn't worth you know six seven uh, grand a kilo anymore. It's just not. Uh, it has to be some pretty crazy stuff to to You're be able to laced do that with illegal things. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. And yeah, so we we won't get into the fact that the only weed I've ever smelled or or seen out here in Texas is all just skunk and just. Gross green bud. But anyways, <laughs> Mark, it's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, truckers are doing, these are the things that make the news. The stuff that's not even making the news are the truckers who are multi-stacking, multi-load, um, overweight, you know. Yeah, they're, the regulations
1: they're, that everyone else put in place is not the things that we're reporting on mm-hmm. for some reason mm-hmm. the regulations that we put in place because truckers are dangerous and all the things that they drive and how heavy they are and we right. have to put regulations on them but we're mm-hmm. not going to report on the people that are breaking those regulations we made mm-hmm. we're going to report on the things that you care about the drug dealing and the the human trafficking that they do and all this other stuff it's like what
0: there's this so is, much more it, to it and this is where the problem comes in this is the problem that we're running to is these truckers where, hey, a lot of us truckers actually can understand this. We get ELD violations all the time. You get running violations. Hey, you know, I don't feel like changing my brakes this go. I'll change my brakes next month because, hey, I just don't have the money for these brake pads. Getting stopped and spending $6,000 that amazingly was negotiated down to $3,000 only to have them break one of our lines. Just saying, hypothetical. You know, the things that That we break and the laws that we break. Those aren't the things they're reporting on. They're not reporting on the things that are the stupid laws. They're reporting on the things that make truckers look bad. Yeah. Because they need to. They need to villainize us. We need to be a bunch of overweight, you know, cross-country serial killers. Because if we're not, if we're not criminals that are killing people that are trying to find a new home. If we're not caught, you know, smuggling people, smuggling drugs, um, trying to, you know, uh, explode in a tunnel type situation, then we're not worth reporting because the last thing they want you to know is that 99.95 of us who broke rules, which since I'm out of the industry, I'll straight up say it yeah, I broke rules right and left. Um, I don't think I could ever actually properly do an ELD. <laughs> so, but, you know, who broke rules right and left, we're doing it to feed our family, take care of our family. And we were doing it because the laws were stupid. I mean, that's, that's really where it was, but you got to understand if truckers stop, everything stops, you know, talking about the train strike. And honestly, people are like, Oh my gosh, the train strike. I'm like, train strikes, not going to do anything. Cause you know what trains are trains literally are, you know, a few hundred trucks apiece a piece. How many times do we drive down when we're driving down 80 or we're driving down 70 or 20 or 10 or any of the big, the big freeways interstates, you know, how often do we see trains and they have a whole bunch of swift and intermodal containers and, you know, even trailers on a lot of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, great. Truckers can make that up, but things will get more expensive, you know, but there's an argument as to whether or not that's even the case anymore. So, you know, the train strike and everybody's talking about it. It's like, yeah, but truckers are literally, look, you have a train. It's got two conductors on it. It's got a safety crew. The safety crew goes around. There's people that maintain the tracks. Okay, that's acceptable. But there's people that maintain the roads too. So we'll just knock those out. But you're talking about 300 cars worth of 300 trucks of materials being hauled. And a train hauls it from one part of the country to another part of the country, and then it's unloaded and given to trucks. A train cannot deliver your groceries to the store. <laughs> there is yeah, no trains way
1: are only good for to, like taking things that are like rocks and things mm-hmm. like that across country because those things hauling those things in big bulk yeah. ways that trucks can't do and then only distributing them using the trucks like that's smart Mm -hmm. but anything else any other products i don't get it i don't know why we're doing that
0: but we see all these trains derailing hitting people getting stuck you know all these train wrecks and everything do you ever see them villainizing the conductors
1: well because the train can't stop it's your job to make Mm -hmm. sure that everything else is good but if
0: but if you cut me off in my truck and Uh, i roll over you you know I'm the trucker. I'm the bad guy. They're going to drug test me immediately. They want to find something to make me the criminal in the entire situation. Truckers are under attack, and we're not really making it better for ourselves. <laughs> so, you know, we can't unite. Truckers, there's the one of the groups that I'm a part of is, hey, stop taking cheap freight, but people keep taking cheap freight. It's the same people telling people, and then people are like, they want to organize. They tried this a couple of years ago, and it was absolutely stupid. I said it was stupid, Um, and uh, the group completely disappeared. It was called Black Smoke Matters, and a lot of truckers remember this group, where they telegraphed, posted, advertised for people to join, and then that we were going to have this week, this one week, that all truckers were going to go on strike. Number one, that didn't happen the date came and went and they kept pushing it out and pushing it out. And it was smelling scammy. But number two, you literally telegraphed to every shipper, receiver, cargo container, and government official that, Hey, this date to this date, we're not going to make deliveries. And so they were like, okay. And so everything like the week prior picked up a little bit to make up for, for what it was. And then it was a colossal flop because 80% of the group, we're out on the road, and we're still out on the road. We had a convoy. We had a convoy that was going, and the media blacked it out. And what did the convoy do? Not much. They didn't take to social media. They didn't. I mean, they did. They just didn't do squat about it. You know, in the shadows of Canada. It's like, yeah, great. We're copying Canada. How'd that work out for them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How'd it work out for everybody? It's like, nope. No, it's 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 not the situation. And running drugs, not the situation. But if every single trucker bypassed way stations, because way stations are they're just cash machines. That's all they are. If they were any different, they would read your pre pass and say, Hey, this person's going from California, you know, and from California they already stopped at the way station in Arizona, they were fine and drivewise. That would be put them here. Okay, let's not pull them in, but no. And we all know Virginia calls people in when there's nobody there and monitoring it. Why? Because they want to send out the ticket for you bypassing the scale. That's all they care about. Oregon, same thing. You know, all these, these, these states, they just, they're just they just money machines and they're just driving truckers into the ground and truckers aren't unified. We aren't. Oh my gosh, we can't even agree on, on whether or not pilot or TA is a better... A better truck stop. Right? And it's yeah. like... And people are polarized Neither, about it's it. Neither. loves. <laughs> no. Okay, anyway. It depends
1: <laughs> on what you're talking about in all right. honesty.
0: Yeah, no. And that's exactly it. And it's it's like, okay. Again,
1: middle ground. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no. For us, it's like... No, they all have their advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Yeah. Pizza might be better at, at the pilots.
1: Pizza and wings. Yeah. Loves but, tend to have better... Food choices and their bathrooms tend to be cleaner At least for the ladies side mm-hmm. And then TA's They tend to just have Cooler, like they're in easier places I feel like But only if you're on the east coast Or north well, You come south, TA's kind of disappear
0: TAs, TA's have the most parking In general mm-hmm. And Our loves have the least amount of parking in general. Yeah,
1: they do. Yeah.
0: And so it's like, so everybody has their advantages and their disadvantages. It just really depends on what you have. Um, You know, TA Petro had country pride and iron skillet pre pandemic. I'm going to talk about the fact that those salad bars were great to me. I love those salad bars. Oh, yeah. Boy, those help me lose We had only gone weight.
1: to one before that all happened. Yeah, I remember because that was the first time that I saw the way that you make your salads with the dressing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Blue cheese and uh, Catalina dressing or French dressing mixed together is it's so a great good. combination. Yeah, with uh, some crushed red pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll uh, have to post up my salad recipe at some <laughs> point. But but the bottom line is is that You know, we as truckers, we're under attack and we're not making it better for ourselves because we're not doing anything unified. You know, Um, we we get these cheap phrase TQL is 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 horrible right now. Uh, Total quality logistics is a hypocritical name for what they are. Brokers, we all know brokers are keeping a higher percentage than ever before. And the reason they're doing it is because they're smarter than us. They're smarter than us. They see the wall that we're all heading towards and they want to be able to have enough funding sitting aside and buffering it. And you know how I know that? Because we'll sit there and I've, I've talked to people and I'll sit there and I'll have a a $4,800 load and I'll be like, no, this is a $6,000 load. You're sending, you know, $6,500. You're sending me from Texas to Salt Lake City, you know, Houston, Salt Lake City, that's $6,500. Then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and set it up. Which means number one, that money was there. Mm -hmm. And it was there in place. And then number two, what happens? Some idiot comes in and books it for six grand because they undercut another trucker. And, and guess what? They're going to keep playing that game because you know what? That TQL brokers, never going to see me again. They don't care about me. You know what they care about? They care about the 10% that they get on that extra $500 that they saved. And so that 50 bucks, that pizza that that buys sounds better than you feeding your family ever will. And it's like, That's, that's where we're at with that. And I, again, (sighs) I feel for everybody in this and being in the middle. It's like, until we have a third party, until we have somebody sitting and saying to the director of transportation, Hey, guess what? During COVID truckers, accident rate went way down. Trucker rates, trucker accident rates went down dramatically. And then what is, what is Buttigieg say? Oh, well that doesn't prove that you know, cars are the problem and that truckers aren't the problem. What did you just say? You literally said, Hey, we took the poison out of the food and people stopped dying, but that doesn't mean the poison was the problem. That's what he said. That's, that's a hundred percent what he said. It's ridiculous. So now I want to go fishing. I want to make burgers. (laughs) And you said you don't want regular burgers? You're, yeah, what, I want smash burgers. You want, you want smash burgers? You want my smash burgers?
1: Your smash burgers.
0: Because <laughs> my smash burgers, where they're different from regular smash burgers, and I'm sure there's people out there that make them like this, but I love to do this, is I saute my onions, I saute my mushrooms, I mix them in with my hamburger, and I mix the cheese in there. So the cheese gets this beautiful, ooey-gooey Throughout the whole burger and the caramelized onions and the mushrooms, it's so good. It's so bad for you, oh. and it's so delicious.
1: And that's that's another opinion that I don't know if it's unpopular or not. Hmm. Caramelized onions on burgers are better than regular onions.
0: Oh gosh, yes. Ha- hand, hand. Mm-hmm. See, it's darn it. Now. No, it depends. It what, but it depends because like, okay, let's say I'm in the mood for like a Burger King Whopper right which you know oh my gosh Whopper, blah, blah. okay whatever everybody's burgers are everybody's burgers you're okay remember we just talked about this you're all right big deep breath but like i wouldn't i've had it before and i didn't like burger king's burger uh, whopper with caramelized onions
1: hmm.
0: but in and out burgers animal style caramelized onions Hands down, I
1: want in and out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in and out happens all the time. You know, I mean, I, that's just never going to be the case otherwise. I and, want
1: in and out while I'm like in a burger mood. Mm-hmm. Uh, before this goes away, we have to get in and out so that I can appreciate it because I want a burger and then I get it instead of just getting it because we're going to get in and out. No. I have to. I am under- so bad
0: I understand We we chose to live An hour and a half away From the nearest In-N-Out <laughs> That's not fair And an hour away From the nearest uh, Dutch Bros So
1: Well that one's Not that bad I can live without Dutch Bros Having it I feel like Once in a that's while That's because We don't
0: gonna... have Anything close To In-N-Out yeah. Except for In-N-Out And when we came out here Oh yeah That's the other You want to talk about Unpopular opinion We came out to Texas Oh, Right I already know What you're going to and, say And one of our friends His name is Jonathan Again his real name um but everybody talked about waterburger 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 this and waterburger that waterburger this so we got waterburger instantly disappointed yep it's like okay well we'll try it again because maybe that was just a bad you know just just a bad interaction cuz it's happened the the first time that I came to Dickie's barbecue which was started out here in Texas compared to the Dickey's barbecue where we were where we lived specifically the one in Placerville California um, the Dickies barbecue out here sucked and it was only the first time. So we always give it the, that second shot. And but, then we
1: went to a different one, second yep. shot and it was just as gross.
0: Yep. Yeah, water burgers I, think, just, it, I just, think
1: we tried it a third time. The third time it was okay. It still wasn't great. Oh, it the, wasn't as awful. The, you're talking about Dickies? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of, we have to be at the right day and the right time. Cause we felt like we were getting the old stuff. Cause when we went to Athens, that was the good one. Mm. The one that was in Southern Texas that was at the truck stop, not good. Awful. And the very first one that we had, which was, I think, outside of Dallas, was so dry. Yeah, I didn't even eat it. The brisket literally was so dry. And it was like, and but Whataburger was kind of the same thing. And then we came out and we made friends with Jonathan talking to Jonathan, and he was talking about, oh, I'll never do In-N-Out, you know, what burgers, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's the the Texas burger, and it's the greatest thing, and da-da-da-da-da. So, he went out with me for the first time on the road, and we were deadheading, and I said, hey, let's go over here to In-N-Out. Have you ever actually had In-N-Out? Well, no. Okay. So, we went to In-N-Out, got two double-doubles, animal style, and... Gave it to him with a fresh order of fries. One was was regular fries and one was animal style fries. And he started eating it, took his first bite of the burger, and I didn't hear a single word from him. He disappeared from the world. <laughs> he was literally in church. God was speaking to him through <laughs> cow and Jonathan saw it and it was good. And then I waited and waited until we got back and his wife was right there. Miss Whataburger, right? Was right there and said, hey, Jonathan, tell your wife what you had today. And he looked at me like, no, don't do this. <laughs> like, no, nah, you guys are going to divorce anyways. Don't worry about it. Okay. Tell, That's a tell, story for another time. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell your wife we had in and out and it was really good. Jonathan. What? Was it better than Whataburger? Jonathan? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> but yeah, whatever burger floats your boat, it's, it's what makes you happy. I'm sure they all have their their thing, but I'm fairly convinced that In-N-Out is mostly a nostalgia thing. Although I have had people tell me in the Palestine uh, local chat group that we're a part of that burger has changed since COVID. And before COVID, there was a noticeable difference in the food. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And now I'm hungry and that has to be fixed. And on that note, once again, thank you for joining us so much. Please subscribe if you haven't or follow us. Um, in whichever format you're listening to, cause we're on everything, right? We're on Spotify, Google play. We're on Apple podcasts. We're, we're everywhere. We're, we're working it and we really are grateful. And if you're, this is your first time listening, don't listen to the first week. We had audio issues. We didn't get fixed yeah. until now. Don't listen. The content might've been good. It was still rough, but I feel like our content and our quality and level has just gotten so much better. And uh, we're just grateful that you're here. We would love your feedback. We'd love you to interact with us. And we're looking forward to seeing you next time. So until then, I'm Joey.
1: And I'm Kiki.
0: And we're reminding you that whatever doesn't kill you is probably got other plans and you're just not that important. So it's all good. It'll come back a different day. <laughs> peace out with your peace out. Bye. Bye.